Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Happy Friday, faithful listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning to the P40 Ministries podcast. Actually, I just realized something. I don't know if all of you guys listen in the morning, so maybe I should stop saying the morning. Okay, thank you guys so much for just tuning in whenever you decide to tune in, whether it's morning or night. But today we are going to be discussing Exodus chapter 10, verses 12 through 20. We are going to be talking about the plagues of locusts today. So let's go ahead and read this. I will be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible. But you should go ahead and grab that cup of coffee or cup of tea and uh, hang out with me as we read. But please go ahead and read out of whatever version you prefer to read out of. And once again, this will be Exodus chapter 10, verses 12 through 20. Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come up on the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, even all that the hail has left. Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, and Yahweh brought an east wind on the land all that day and all night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. The locusts went up all over the land of Egypt and rested in all the borders of Egypt. They were very grievous. Before them there was no such locusts as they, nor will there ever be again. For they covered the surface of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened, and they ate every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. There remained nothing green, either tree or herb of the field, throughout all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, and he said, I have sinned against Yahweh your God and against you. Now therefore please forgive my sin again, and pray to Yahweh your God, that he may also take away from me this death. Moses went out from Pharaoh and prayed to Yahweh. Yahweh sent an exceedingly strong west wind, which took up the locusts, and he drove them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the borders of Egypt. But Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he didn't let the children of Israel go. On Wednesday, we talked more about how sociopathic this Pharaoh really was (laughs) and how he was refusing to let the people go, even though he had promised multiple times before, yeah, you guys can go. And now he's trying to compromise. He really, really hates these these uh, Hebrew slaves, but he wants them so that he can have slave labor and not have to pay them. So he's a sociopath. He's a freak. He wants slaves. He enjoys slavery. And so now he basically told Moses before he was like, "Okay, you guys, all the men can go, but the women and the children basically have to stay. And I mean, that makes complete sense for the sociopathic pharaoh because uh, (laughs) he has women to reproduce slaves and then he has the children. So, of course, he wants the women and the children to stay behind so he can bring up a whole new generation of slaves all over again. So he wants the children to stay. And so basically, Moses is like, no, we're not compromising with you. You don't deserve this. We don't, 
uh, we're not going to leave our women to be slaves to you or the children to grow up in a life of slavery. All of us are going. Pharaoh doesn't like this very much, and he throws Moses and Aaron out of his courtroom, basically, or wherever Moses and Aaron were at that time. So he throws them out, and God is basically like, okay, Moses, uh, go ahead and do the uh do the thing, stretch out your hand, and I will send the the east wind that carries all these migratory locusts with it. And one thing I want to mention here that is kind of funny, uh, you remember at the beginning, Moses was really not interested in being the leader of the um, of the Israelite people. He was scared, and he said that he had a stutter. And at first, Aaron was doing a lot of the talking, and Aaron was performing a lot of these miracles. If you look at it, Aaron was striking the ground, Aaron was throwing the dust up, and but now Moses is doing most of it. If you haven't noticed, Moses is speaking to the Pharaoh, Moses is speaking to the people, Moses is performing forming the miracles now. So God knew that Moses could do it. God knew. And he originally planned for Moses to do it alone, but he knew that Moses was going to be upset and not want to do it. And so he sends Aaron to meet Moses. And Aaron was supposed to be basically Moses's speaker because Aaron was likely a very charming person who could speak very well. And Moses maybe was not. But God knew that Moses could do it. And he is doing it now. (laughs) Moses is getting very comfortable with his role. And no kidding, he was made for this role. He was set apart for this particular role, even at birth, is what it says. And so um, now it says that basically uh, Moses stretches out his hand, or in other words, he's, you know, He's putting his staff towards the wind. And so now all these migratory locusts are blowing in. And it says that God causes an east wind to happen so much so that all these locusts come in, like these swarms of locusts the next day are just in the land, all these migratory locusts. God caused this east wind to come in. The locusts were all over the land of Egypt. And it was grievous is what the W.E.B. version says. But if you read the A.M.P. version, it says dreadful. So this was not a fun plague. This was a dreadful plague is what the Bible says, because the ground was covered in these locusts. And the reason this one is different, because you remember that lice had happened or the fleas or whatever those was, those were. And then the flies happened and the frogs. So all those were covering the ground as well. But now these locusts are covering the ground. And this is different because it's not just annoying or disgusting or uncomfortable or filthy. But this is all of those three, all of those four things. Plus, they're eating all the food. So there's nothing green left in the fields is what it says. They ate all the fruit off of the trees. They ate all the herbs, everything basically that the hail left. So you remember that like all the herbs were pretty much struck by the hail, but there could have been some that survived afterward. So everything that survived from the hail, basically, the locust came in and ate it. Now, I don't know if it, if the wheat got eaten or anything like that, but we do know that everything that was green was eaten. And it says that the, the locusts ate all of the remaining food that was left from the hail. And in fact, there was so many locusts that the ground was covered. It says the ground was darkened. That's how gross these locusts were. 
near me, actually, we have these little bugs. They're called midges. <laughs> and if you guys live in my area, you know how horrible these little insects are. They are disgusting. But sometimes there's so many in my area of these midges that they show up on the weather radar. And that happened two years ago. There were so many midges reproducing in the area that the weather radar was catching them. So in other words, there were like clouds of these things. <laughs> Imagine so many clouds of locusts covering everything that is dark outside. I mean, we get a very, very small glimpse of how bad it was with the midges, but imagine 20 times as bad as that. Oh, that'd be terrible to have so many locusts just covering the sky that there's like a cloud of them around. And, you know, the, the ground was dark because of how many locusts were in the sky because they were probably all flying overhead. They were probably eating everything. It was probably just absolutely terrible. Plus, there was no food left over after this. And it says that all of the fruit of any of the trees that were left from the hail, the fruit was eaten off of them. And there was nothing green left. So maybe even grass and stuff like that got eaten with how many locusts there were. There was nothing green. So then after this, it says in verse 16 that Pharaoh calls for Moses and Aaron. And once again, he's like, I've sinned, I've sinned, because he doesn't like the consequences of his sin. So in that exact moment, he is able to humble himself. And this is where we see that even though God hardens hearts, the people have the choice to humble themselves. It does take a certain amount of humbleness to admit when you've sinned. And, you know, God is not going to hold somebody back from humbling themselves. But, you know, this Pharaoh was only humbling himself because he wanted the curse to be gone. He wanted the plague to be gone. That was the only thing. Now, one thing I forgot to mention the other day when we talked about the hail coming from the sky and the lightning striking the ground, God was attacking the goddess Newt, which was the goddess of the sky, which was an image that the Egyptian people worshipped and showing that this goddess Newt could do nothing for them. No matter how much you worship a fake God, they can't do anything for you. And this is what God is proving. So now with this particular plague... He is exposing the gods that are, you know, either the gods of the ground or the gods of the locusts and the different bugs and stuff that the Egyptians worshipped, or the, he's exposing Seth, which was the god of calamity. And <laughs> this was definitely a calamity. And so he's, he's showing that no matter what god that the Egyptians worship, none of them are going to be able to help them. God is exposing these false gods. And later on, I think it actually says in Exodus that God went to war with the Egyptian gods. This was to prove to the Egyptians that their gods were useless. And so now the Pharaoh recognizes God, like he certainly recognizes Yahweh, the real God, but he still doesn't want to turn from his evil ways. He's saying, yes, you know, I did sin against Yahweh. But just because you admit you sin against Yahweh does not mean that you have a repentant heart. The Pharaoh was doing nothing but humbling himself in that moment to get rid of the consequences. He knows that if he says to Moses and Aaron, I sinned, I sinned, please pray to Yahweh for me so that everything can go away, that everything will go away. He's learned that by this point. And so he says here, 
that basically the Pharaoh hurried to call to Moses because he's, he's scared. And he says, I have sinned against the Lord, your God and against you. Please forgive my sin only once more and pray and entreat the Lord, your gods, that he will remove this plague of death from me, basically is what he's saying. But he doesn't say that he'll let the people go this time because he knows at this point that he doesn't have to say that the people will go. He can just ask for forgiveness and all of this will be gone. And then he can just completely harden his heart once again and become stubborn and be like, nah, people don't have to go. This plague's gone. There's not going to be another one. And how many times does this Pharaoh have to learn who God is in order for him to respect God? Apparently tons and tons of times because this, this Pharaoh never ends up respecting God, never ends up respecting God. So it says that Moses does do this and he leaves the Pharaoh's um, presence and basically prays to God. And it says that God shifts the wind and sends this western wind and all the locusts pretty much blow into the Red Sea and become fish food for the fishes in the Red Sea. And so it says here that uh, there's no more locusts left. They're all in the Red Sea. They're all fish food at this point. And it says now that God hardens Pharaoh's heart so that it was obstinate. So God lets Pharaoh give in to his obstinance. He hardens Pharaoh's heart, and now Pharaoh is obstinate, and he would not let the people go. Because the Pharaoh doesn't need to let the people go. He's Pharaoh. He has everything he could ever want. He has people uh, giving him food whenever he needs it, and everything was given to the Pharaoh. Everything. Because the people worshipped the Pharaoh as a god. So why would the Pharaoh change his mind? He doesn't have to. He has everything he could ever want. So now, in the next coming plagues, God is about to show Pharaoh, you aren't all that, and you can't have everything you want all the time. He is about to show the Pharaoh this exact thing. So we will talk more about the next two plagues in the coming chapters. And the last plague is the most horrific of all of the plagues. So that plague is going to be quite a lot to talk about in the next uh, coming days when we get into that particular plague. And so friends and faithful listeners, I want to ask that you guys have a really, really awesome weekend and that you get lots of rest and enjoy time with your family. I hope the weather is really nice for everybody and that you're able to grill out maybe or Uh, Just hang out and do something really fun with your friends or family members. Happy listening and God bless.